This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. You know, we talk a lot about our outer lives. We ask questions like, how do I get in shape? Or we might, you know, kind of look for resources and how do I keep my, my house cleaner? Or how, how do I get all that laundry done that's been piling up? You know, we even ask questions about how do I, how do I manage my money better? How do, I, how do I live financially more responsible? And that all reflects our outer life. But how much thought do you put into your inner life? I mean, how often are you thinking about what's happening inside, in your heart? How often are you asking the questions about where, where's that coming from? You know, because a lot of times we have to think about the stuff that's happening in our lives and in terms of, of symptoms and causes. You know, we might be aware that on our outer life that we see anger coming out, but where's it coming from? Because anger is just a symptom. It's not a cause. I think this affects our parenting, you know, because we shouldn't just look at our kids and say, you have a problem lying. No, there's a reason that your kid might have a problem lying, and we don't want to treat the symptom. We want to treat the cause, and the cause is always born inside. So can I ask you a question today? It's an important question, and it's a really important question in this season. How's your heart? How's your heart? How's everything inside? Because here's what I know. that The answer to that question matters a whole lot. We, we see that reflected in one very important verse that King Solomon dropped in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 4, 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Uh, above all else, guard your heart. Because all flows, life flows out of your heart. Like we, we need to be asking the question, how is our heart? Because the more that we ask that question, we begin to examine what's flowing out of our heart and into our lives. See, the reason that that question is so important is because I know this, the condition of your heart will become the condition of your life. What is, the Bible says that we need to know that life flows out of our heart. It's the origin. It's where it's created. And it flows out into our behaviors and into our actions and into our beliefs. It's born in our heart. So we need to ask that question. How is your 
heart. And when I was thinking this week as I was preparing about guarding your heart, I thought of a few things that I think we need to work at preparing to guard our hearts from. And the first thing that I would tell you today is that you need to guard what's leading your heart. Guard what's leading your heart. You know, too often, if we're honest, our actions follow our feelings. Our actions follow our feelings. We find ourselves like, why did you do that? Well, I did it because I was feeling. I did that because I, I was, you know, I was angry or I was happy or I, I, was, I was kind of feeling a little empty and so I ate a whole box of donuts. You ever been there before? I mean, we've been there, right? Our actions followed our emotions. But do you, do you realize that that's a really bad place to be? Another thing you need to know about, about the heart is the Bible tell us, tells us that the, the heart is deceitful. As a matter of fact, it goes so far as to say that the heart is deceitful above all things. And so the old advice, just follow your heart, is bad advice. As a matter of fact, Jesus addresses this at the very opening of his sermon that he preaches in, in Matthew 6, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, when he preaches the Sermon on the Mount. He says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice, he's, he, he's talking about money. He's just said, hey, store up treasures in heaven. Because if you store up your treasures on earth, thieves could steal them, rust could destroy them. No, Store up treasures on him. He's given some advice on where to put your treasure. And then he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice that what he says is that your emotion will follow your action. So if I can give you some advice today, do what's right and your emotions will follow. If you do what's right, some of you need to be reminded that, you know, you might be in a situation where you don't feel like it, okay? Not feeling like it is a horrible excuse because what will happen is if you do what's right, your emotions will follow your behavior. So we need to guard carefully what's leading our heart. But we also need to guard what your heart is focused on. Guard carefully what your heart is focused on. What are you focused on today? Maybe you're that homeschool mom and you feel like a failure because there's that mom that you're friends with across town. And, you know, she was like on, on Facebook doing a live video. You know, today we, we just ran out of paper at home. And so what we decided to do is we went out and cut down a tree and we made our own paper. We kind of call this like a farm to table project at home. And you're sitting there going, like, I can't keep my kids from coloring on the wall. I can't even pull that off today. You might feel because, they, because you're focused on something that you're comparing yourself to. See, our focus determines our future. Our focus determines our future. Right now in this season, are you focused on what's lost or what's left? Think about that. 
we're kind of in a season where our, our normal has shifted so much that there's stuff that we've lost. But are you focused right now in your heart on what you've lost or are you focused on what's left? What's right in front of you? Because I can promise you right now, what's right in front of you is a lot more important than what's not. Are you focused on what's lost or what's left? have Have you been focused on what has been? Or are you focused on what could be? Are you focused on what has been in the past? Maybe, maybe a, a, a past victory or a past failure. Or are you focused on what could be in this season? I, I love the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3. Because he echoes that sentiment. When he says, you know, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize of which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I I love when I reflect on that verse to be reminded that he says one thing I do, and then he lists two actions. One thing I do, and then he says two things. I forget what is behind, and I press on towards what God has for me in this season. You can't press on to what God has for you when you're focused on what God gave you in the past. What's your heart focused on? Maybe today as we're reflecting on that, we might remember that our hearts have been focused in places that they shouldn't be. Maybe our hearts have been captivated with things that they shouldn't be. Maybe they've been led by things that shouldn't be leading your heart. And if we're honest, there are a lot of us right now that kind of need to take some ground in our hearts. Maybe you feel like, you know, if I look back a few weeks or a few months or a few years for some of us, there was a time when things in my heart felt so secure, when joy was there, when peace was there. And right now it just doesn't feel that way. I want you to know that right now is the moment to start pursuing, retaking your heart. We need to take it back. Some of us have lost it to just stuff that's crept in. Some of us have lost our hearts to attacks that have come from the enemy. Some of us have just quit focusing on it. And as we've not focused on doing the work that it takes to maintain a healthy heart with the Lord, we've lost ground. This week is a week for you to retake your heart. So I'm going to give you three things today that if you're with us, you can do these this week to take that ground back in your heart. And the first one is important, especially in this season when so many of us feel so much to do. We feel pressed because we've got to homeschool. We've got to take care of stuff that we wouldn't normally have to. We feel maybe like there aren't enough resources to do everything. Here's the first thing. Keep your heart, then keep your home. Keep your heart, and then keep your home. See, some of us get so lost in the busyness of life that we forget to focus on what's happening in our heart. 
we forget that our, our souls need maintenance. Our, our hearts need to be cultivated and redirected. They can be deceived. They can get off track. And we've got to guard what's happening in our heart because what's happening in our heart is creating the life that we're living. You know, if your house is spotless, the laundry is all done, and the kids are behaving, but your heart is a mess. You've lost. Jesus reflected that in Matthew 16 when he said, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What, what, what good is it to have a clean house if your soul's a mess? What good is it if the laundry's all done, but your heart's a wreck? What good is it if your kids are well-behaved, but everything inside of you is tangled up and broken? What good is it if you gain the whole world, but you lost your soul? Keep your heart, then keep your house. Number two, accept and confess your weakness. Accept and confess your weakness. You know, some of us, we don't like to pay attention to our weaknesses. We just kind of totally ignore them. We don't like them. We don't, they kind of make us feel less valuable. Some of us are so keenly aware of our weaknesses that we use them as excuses. The Bible never says to let your weaknesses, your brokenness, be an excuse for obedience. And it also never says that we're supposed to be oblivious and unaware of the areas that were weak. As a matter of fact, I think this is reflected in the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, in this chapter, the Apostle Paul has just talked about kind of a, an affliction that he's been living with. And he's very vague as he talks about it. And some scholars have subjectively pointed to the fact that when he met Jesus, it's described as being a blinding light. And maybe that after his encounter with Jesus, the Apostle Paul struggled with some vision issues. Whatever it was, we know from the text that he was struggling with a physical impairment. All right? He was struggling with something physically. And as a result of that, as a result of that significant trauma, he's pled with the Lord, God, take it away. God, take it away. But then the Lord said this. So he, Jesus, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So this is how he responded. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, God didn't take away his challenge, but what he told him was that in the middle of your weakness, my power will be made perfect. You ever thought about this? 
We can't really experience God's power until we're weak. We can't. God's power begins where our strength ends. And sometimes we need to face our weaknesses face on. Do you try to hide your weaknesses? Do you try to minimize them? Or do you boldly accept them and confess them? See, I think that seeing our weaknesses in light of God's power keeps our heart in check. It keeps our heart in check. When we start to understand that, you know what? I am weak, but he is strong. It allows me to see that I'm not perfect, but he is. It allows me to take this moment and say, you know what? It's not an excuse because weakness is not an excuse to quit or to not try. It's an absolute reason to trust God. So in a moment when I come face to face with my weakness and I'm willing to accept it and confess it, it gives the power of God the ability to invade that moment and live and flow through me. So we need to, if we're going to keep our hearts right, we need to accept and confess our weakness. And then, number three, develop the discipline of gratitude. Develop the discipline of gratitude. I already know some of you, when you heard the word discipline, you checked out. You didn't like that. I know that. It's almost every time I'm preaching and I go to talk about discipline, you can kind of feel the room go, What's he going to say next? I'm worried. Right? Here's, here's the thing. Like most of us think about discipline in light of punishment. We discipline kids when they don't get things right. We're disciplined at work when we fail. All right? Here's the thing. The discipline that we receive from the Lord. The Bible uses terms like love and joy when it describes the discipline that we receive from the Lord. Why is that so important? Well, you want to know why? Because a lot of times we live with that aversion to discipline and God wants us to see that it's a positive thing. I was thinking about this right before we were getting ready to spend our time with you. And I don't know who this is for, but I know somebody needs to hear this today. See, a lot of times we don't like discipline because our perspective of discipline is off. As a matter of fact, I think that a lot of times we like to think about discipline like I'm trying. Like, I'm going to try really hard to pray the right way tomorrow. I'm going to try really hard to be joyful. But we shouldn't think about discipline as trying. We should think about discipline as training. Tomorrow, I'm in training to live with peace. Tomorrow, I'm in training to, to cultivate a prayer life. You, you know, like if, if I took my eight-year-old daughter and tried to teach her to cook, I wouldn't get real mad at her if she couldn't get the meal right the first time. She can barely clean up after we get done eating. You know what? I would view it as a training opportunity every time. Let's get a little bit better. Let's get a little bit better. And we need to work to devote ourselves to the discipline of gratitude, 
think about that right now. What are you focused on in your heart? Are you focused on what you don't have? Or are you focused on what you do? We need to focus our hearts on gratitude. I think that's why Colossians 4 verse 2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. What is this? Now, we're supposed to devote ourselves to a discipline of pursuing God, being both watchful, we're looking, and thankful. See, if you look, there's always a reason to be grateful. If you look, but sometimes, you know, our focus is so off. We're focused on what we don't have. We're focused on what other people have. But if we'll look, there's always a reason to be thankful. I promise you right now, in this season, throughout this next week, if you'll take time every day, there's a reason to be thankful. There's a reason to be grateful. This is important because choosing gratitude creates agreement between our faith and our feelings. It creates agreement between our faith and our feelings. So many times our faith is off from our feelings. We feel like we're not getting the best in life. We feel like God's shortchanging us. But when we take time to be thankful, what happens is that it begins to align our hearts to the blessings of God and our faith and our feelings come into agreement. You know, what we're talking about right now is doing the work to take care of your heart. I, I heard this story about a mountain town not too long ago. This town employed in, in, its, in its kind of municipality, it employed an older man who traveled around throughout the mountains that surrounded the town. And his whole job was he would go to all the spring heads and walk all the trails that surrounded the springs, and he would make sure that the springs were clean. He did this every day without fail. And, and the, the town thrived because it has a small river that runs through it, and, and, and there was clean water. It was always flowing well. And there, they had a lot, of, a lot of tourism around it. The, it. It provided water for the farmers there. It gave a lot of supply to the town. But before long, they had some infrastructure projects that came up. They needed to take care of some roads. They needed to do a few other things. They started looking at the budget. How are we going to cut some of the funds so that we can do these projects that we feel like we're supposed to do? Well, they looked at this old man. They said, we, we never see him work. He doesn't report to anybody. We don't even really know what he does. And so they called him in and said, we hate to tell you this, but we're, we're going to cut your position. You're fired. Well, before too long, the spring heads filled up with sticks and the creeks became clogged as trees fell over. And, and, and the river that was feeding the town went from clear and clean to dirty, naturally polluted by silt that was running down the mountains into the river. The people in the town began to get sick because they'd never lived with this sort of impurity in their water before. And before too long, the town council was called together again. There's something wrong with the river. What must we do? 
So they called the old man in and they said, what do we need to do to fix the river? And he said, you didn't see the work, but that didn't make it unimportant. So they hired him back, sent him back out. And before a few weeks had passed, the streams and the river were flowing clean again. See, your heart is a lot like that river. And it's your job to take care of your heart. The condition of your heart will become the condition of your life. And if you don't guard it, if you don't do the work to get into your heart and to make sure that you're cultivating good life in there, what will happen is that the impurities will creep in and what flows out will be impure as well. This is your season and your time to do that work. This is your week. We're going to take this week and this is what we're going to do. We're going to keep our heart and then we're going to keep our, we're going to do the sacred work on the inside before we try to do the necessary work on the outside. Then you know what we're going to do? We're going to accept our weaknesses. We're going to know that there's a limit to my own strength, but when I reach my limit, I've reached a place where God can start to work in my life. The end of my strength is where the strength of God begins. And then number three, number three, we're, we're going to cultivate a discipline of gratitude. I want you to take time every day this week to remind yourself what's important. Now, there are some of us that are here today. And honestly, right now is a moment where you're just, you know, what's going on in here is not good. It's not good. It's, it's, it's hurting. It's broken. And right now I need the Lord to do something in my heart. So what I want to do is I want to pray right now. And I want you to ask the Lord to speak to you as we pray together. God, we come before you today on our couches, in our living room, and we ask you today. Speak to us, God. Encourage us. Help us to take a moment and look inside. God, I pray for this moment. I pray for those that are looking inside and it feels broken. It feels busted. It feels messy. God, I pray that they would look at it and not avoid it right now in this moment, realizing that it is your blood and your sacrifice that you gave us when you died on the cross that provides wholeness and healing. We can't earn our way out of this mess. You already won the war. Now, everybody, I want you to look at me. If you're that person right now and you know my heart is a mess, my heart is, I need God to do something in my heart today. I want you to understand that whoever is king of your heart has absolute authority in your soul to recreate things. Some of you have been king of your heart too long. And today, right now is the moment for some of you to just say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender to you. I surrender to your will. I want you to be king of my heart. I want you to take care of this.
God, this is, this is a mess that I can't fix. If that's you right now, in, in all of our chats, in all of our environments, you're going to see a message that comes on. And I want you to text the number that we, that we share with you. I want you to text, I choose right now. I want you to text it and I want you to say, maybe, maybe when we get off this in just a moment, I want you to say, I choose. I choose Jesus. I choose to let you be in charge. I choose to surrender to you. Maybe this is that moment right now for you. If you're at our online campus, you can click, I'm just going to raise my hand and say, this is me. If that's you right now, let's choose Jesus. And this week, as we get to follow him, let's do the hard work of taking the ground back in our hearts. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.